So today on our spaces, we have a very talented AI artist. It's the Loris Emporium. Uh, so how's it going? Welcome to our spaces. And uh, can I hear a little bit about yourself and what got you started in NFTs and what made you start this specific project? Uh, sure. Uh, well, once, you know, thanks for having me. This is really cool. This is only the second time I've ever actually spoken in a space, too. So, you know, taking a big jump here. Um, what got me started in NFTs? So I actually popped into the NFT space back in February. You know, I woke up one morning and my girlfriend was laying next to me and she was cycling through her phone and Grammatic had just released, I think it was like seven songs or something like that as NFTs. And if you guys don't know who Grammatic is, you should check them out. Make some really funky, nice like dubstep. It's good. Um, but you know dude pulled in ah, it was like over a million dollars within something like 24 hours on his on his nft job so you know i started digging around um looking at OpenSea, looking at rarible because back then you know in february there wasn't really much foundation was there OpenSea was there but it you know the gasless store wasn't around yet um rarible was there i think hen might have just popped up um so I, I I popped in, made some art. I was there. I was hanging out for maybe a month. I sold like a piece, and then we found out we were pregnant. So immediately shifted gears. You know, went could no longer do something that I was speculating on. I had to kind of focus 100% on like real work and getting everything ready and stuff. But fast forward to October. I think it was like late October. I came back in and uh you know, I had all my all my real life stuff relatively together. I don't know how how ready you can be for a baby. Um but ready enough. Uh my my actual job was slowing down as we were getting close to winter. And um yeah, I just popped back in and started creating again and you know, here I am. Um been a wild ride these last few months i met a bunch of really really cool people uh i i know you guys know this this space is amazing like you go on any other social media you go on facebook you go on anywhere and all it is is people bickering people fighting like this you know politics this uh especially coronavirus now like everybody's just mad everybody's angry and then you come to the nft space and it's just full of encouragement everybody nice like everybody it's it's just amazing here and like i feel like i kind of found a little home you know like such a good community um so yeah so here i am that's what really got me into nfts and of course the the thought of actually making a living from my art like you know as an artist i've been creating for about 30 years um i'm 35 years old i've uh, gone through multiple disciplines i you know i went to art school i went to college like and the prospects of getting like a real world art job you're you're gonna not be appreciated you're gonna be worked to the bone and essentially have nothing to show for it because whatever studio you're working for or whatever owns what you're working on and uh you know that that's what really kind of brought me here what got me into AI, though, is 
all of the amazing, amazing artists that I'm surrounded by. Like it's becoming such a wave and yeah, I really, I really just wanted to get acquainted with it. I wanted to dive into it. Like it, it brings out the engineer in me. Um, I, I code a little bit. I did code. I made a, a Android game uh, a few years ago. Um, you know, there's just so many things that spark my interest and being able to create NFTs allows me to bring all of those disciplines into one space. I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, it does. Um, do you, do you do art full time or is it kind of like a, a side gig that you're doing now? It is your uh, regular job that you do. Does it have to do with the same type of field or do you do something completely different? Oh, completely different. Uh, I work with horses. <laughs> So like completely left field compared to to art, but I mean I I treat this as a full time job. So you know once I get finished um with my real job, then I'm creating. You know none of us sleep. Sleep is sleep is not not something that people really talk about in the NFT space except for a lack of. Yes, yeah, so you basically is it a seven day a week thing that you're you're working on your art projects? Yeah. Yep. Um. My, I got, I got some pretty, pretty powerful, uh, ADHD and the good side of that is the ability to hyper-focus and which I guess can also be a pretty terrible thing depending on what you're hyper-focused on, but it's, you know, that's what art is for me. That's, that's where my hyper-focus goes. So it's, it's really easy for me to, to be able to sit for however long, you know, I get, I get done with my job like around five six and eat and you know shower up get all cleaned and then go until about two in the morning three in the morning and wake up and do it again of course taking breaks to take care of the baby and help out around the house and give the lady some love you know so where did the name come from Dolores and Port? <laughs> so um i produce as well uh, i i I make music and that was my producer tag was slender loris um i don't know if you've ever seen what a loris looks like they're really 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 interesting weird mammals uh kind of slothish i guess um but they're just really cool looking and uh i wanted something that stood out and given that my styles are so all over the place like yeah, I I do traditional art. I do digital stuff. I I make fractals. I do music. I now AI stuff. Like, um, and an, an emporium is just you know an assortment or collection, a store of random things. So you know, this is this is my my store. This is this is me. I I had something to do with the animal, but I wasn't sure if it was a play on words or how you were going to go about it. But uh, oh, yeah. yeah. There, there's some really kick-ass little animals that have like gigantic eyes. That's not really yep. aware, but yeah, I think they're fully nocturnal. I don't think they really do anything until nighttime. So I guess that kind of fits as well with ADHD and being up and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that actually. I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna yeah. tell everybody right now. <laughs> tell them, be like, I'm nocturnal. <laughs> so your one collection with the mandalas. Um, yeah. Is there any significance behind it that you decided to do an entire collection of these? Does it represent anything to you um, personally? Is it just something there, you like the symmetry of? Yeah, I mean the the symmetry is beautiful. Uh, 
you know, the, the intricateness is beautiful. Um, mine are a little bit different, I guess, than like what you would consider like a standard mandala when you, when you look at them, but also the way, the way that I make them is really cool. Uh, I, I use illustrator and I essentially just create one slice of the mandala and then it gets reflected and, and rotated around in a circle to create the whole thing. So there's a lot of, randomness involved in it like you know you're you're creating in such a small space but then then once it gets transferred around it creates this whole you know beautiful big image so you know it was always like a surprise what i would get it was always like they were never really planned out except for some of the the beginning ones like i did a halloween one you know and i kind of went in there with intention but the rest of them it was all just kind of putting stuff on the canvas, so to say, and, you know, seeing, seeing how it turned out. And, and fortunately, I really, really enjoyed the way they were turning out. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you do some sort of reflective property in order to create it, because I would think if you did the whole thing from scratch, that would be pretty tedious and take you quite a long time to do something like that. Yeah. And, and if you have even like the slightest bit of OCD, that would, that would be disastrous. Yeah, it would probably drive you completely insane trying to do something like that. Yeah, exactly. So have you decided um, maybe to incorporate some sort of utility into that specific piece? Because, like, maybe give the person that purchases one of them, like, uh, an actual print. Because when I look at them, what it really reminds me of is when I was, uh, like, a teenager and I would go into places like Spencer Gifts and they would have, like, um, blacklight posters and stuff like that that's what they really remind me of with with the colors and everything that you have coming from them so i was wondering if you were thinking of maybe doing like some sort of print or uh anything for the people that decide to purchase these uh, what i was considering doing i still am um you know it's it's everybody's spread thin it's kind of hard and i don't really discord you know i don't I, i need to but i don't but i was I was thinking about making them sort of like a token, you know, like because that was my first real collection, my first complete collection that was, um, you know, people who bought them were essentially like early adopters of me. And uh, what I want to do once I can wrap my head around it and wrap my, my time around it is create a discord and have those sort of be like like a vip type token you know where you receive airdrops and and all that good stuff um but i don't have a roadmap everybody's kind of yelling at me for not having a roadmap but uh but yeah that that i i would like to have some type of utility for them um selling sending prints and stuff like that it it, they're at such a lower price point it would probably be be hard um just considering that we're we're all over the world like i don't i don't know what it would cost for me to you know i'm in the states to send some type of print or something out to like say india or something like that um and then also you know what happens when the next person buys it on secondary you know at least if i do something with my discord and people can go and you know fill out the google like a google form and i can see whoever's got it and then check the wallets uh when it comes time to send out the airdrop that would that would be something you know i would definitely that i definitely want to do something more feasible i guess is the right word 
going back to the roadmap idea, is it easier to be an NFT artist that does individual pieces and doesn't necessarily have like a set collection rather than having a specific project? Like, let's say we'll just make up one happy hippos, right? I'm making the happy hippos project. I have to build a roadmap. I need to get my smart contractor in. I need to have 10,000 variations of this specific uh, hippo. And like all, all these elements are have to get included into that. Is it easier when you're just doing individual collections or one-offs and stuff like that as opposed to doing a project like that? Or do you think you would be a little bit more focused if you were doing something that's just a specific generative art collection? I, I think, um, well, I think it probably depends on the artist, first of all. Like, um, you know, Soma. You had them in uh what was it last week or earlier this week and you know they're talking about roadmaps and what they want to do um and that seems to work for them and they're one of one artists um other one of one artists like myself maybe not so much because it's then i have that constantly in my head you know like this this thing that i have to follow because i put it out there and people expect it of me now when we're talking about generative art and stuff like that though that i think it's very important because you know a lot of people you're not really depending on the generative project you're not really buying into it for the art right you're you're buying into the project you're buying into um you know something something that you have faith in something that like maybe that you might want to flip down the line you know so that i think a roadmap is important um just to give your your potential uh adopters your potential you know buyers like something something to look at something to know like know where you're going like why why are they gonna buy your pfp when you know there's nine million other pfps like it just gives gives a sort of plan i guess uh for for lack of better terminology Hmm. i understand i guess it's kind of case by case basis right um Going back to the mandalas that you did, um, what program do you use to make these? You said Illustrator? Yep, I use Illustrator and then After Effects. Now, so, yeah. how, how do you get the motion involved into it? Because when, when you open up the uh, the link on you know OpenSea, they rotate. And uh, is that done through Illustrator as well? No, so that, that I do in After Effects. So I, you know, how, how the whole process of the project goes, I create one like base mandala right for the set of 10 and from that once i get it where i want you know i i bounce that down into photoshop and play with the hue saturation um all the different uh like color balance and stuff like that to get all the different color derivatives of that uh parent mandala i guess you could say and then from there i get an outline file I bring that into Adobe After Effects as well as the mandala itself. Uh, place a mandala there, blow up the outline, um, colorize the outline, throw some glow on it, and animate the rotations. Okay. Seems like something I wouldn't be able to ever do. <laughs> I leave it to the professionals. Thank so you. you've you've done um you've done minting on both Polygon and on Tezos, right? I saw you had some work on Hen. Yep. So, um, 
tell me a little bit about Hank because I haven't really met too many um, NFT artists that do any work on Tezos. Was it a good experience or not so much? Was it neutral? Um, I, I mean, I sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, I guess my my experience was pretty neutral. Um, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. A lot of people like. You know, everybody seems to have this little like, like, no, you have to just like if you're going to do uh, edition pieces, price it at this. If you're doing like lower runs, you know, you got to price it like this. Um, so I didn't really know exactly what I was doing. I made I made a couple sales, but they're all like, um, you know, 20 of 20 edition pieces uh, at one Tezos a piece. But Hen itself was garbage. Like the, it was buggy. It was glitchy. It took forever to load. It was it was a pain. Sometimes when you minted, it wouldn't go through. Then other times, like it would just hang. Uh, it it was it was a pain. I mean, of course, there's object. Uh, dot com or is it dot com? I think it's dot com. Um, and then now there's a new hen site. But like, there's just something about Tezos that, uh, it's it's not really like my my thing i was just kind of throwing stuff at the wall to see what would stick you know none of us really know exactly what we're doing here because everything's so new how how was the community with it was there a community established like we have with polygon here or not really was it kind of just every man for himself you know i i i never found a community like i did with polygon um it seems like i mean there might be you know i i I also didn't look um, like Polygon. I was fortunate enough to stumble on into Beluga space as so many before um, back, back when his space had like 20 people in it too. It was, I was like in there early. It was nice. Um, but there probably is like, I, I see so many like Shillier Tezos piece posts or like people, you know, I'm, I'm in a couple of groups, uh, just general engagement groups with a bunch of tezos artists that they seem to do pretty pretty well um so i'm sure there are like tezos specific uh communities and stuff like that out there i just i just haven't come across any you know beluga and dave have done so much for the polygon community and neither one of those guys take any credit I'm, and neither one in here so i'm not trying to like boost anybody's ego but those guys are really incredible with what they've done with, yeah they uh, they are amazing people like um super accepting um you know super uh encouraging like they they're both both amazing and, and beluga's been through some stuff you know and and he keeps his head up he he uh you know perseveres he's they're both both great people yeah dave he did an ama with us before they even had that space going i think like oh Wow, I think he did it with us back on Telegram, maybe. I, I I don't even remember, but like months ago, like three or four months ago, and then we kind of just touched base, and he was like, "Hey, we're doing a little show, and know uh, you guys do a show, and let's maybe kind of collaborate a little bit." And now we have like a little bit of a network, you know, between yeah. like four or five shows that we do on here. So it's nice, you know, we build in the community, and uh, Polygon uh, is really like the strongest community I think out of any of these that I've I've come into. I, I I agree with that. So like any any new artist that comes into the NFT space, that's where I point them. Um, if anybody like if I talk to anybody or anything like go to Polygon, go, you know, like 
the the lack of gas fees the 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 e like you know you can just gift somebody an nft without paying 120 dollars you can trade like there's i mean the games now unfortunately sunflower farmer kind of murdered things but um like it it really really is i it sucks that it's got such like this bad rep i guess with collectors like that you know there's there's scams everywhere it's it's not just polygon it just sucks that the ease of access makes it easier to scam um i'm not sure what happened with sunflower farmer i know it was booming the one day i guess they rubbed her or something no 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 it, it, it's still going but right. they they weren't um you know there was no limit on how many accounts and stuff you could have uh, so okay. yeah there was tons and tons and tons of of bot accounts that were just congesting it. Like there was like a week or something that, that Polygon was just like not working. And that was right after Sunflower Farmer came out. And that's, that's why it just murdered the network. I, I wasn't sure. I was like, I should it, love it. It was a couple reasons for one, the uh, 12% of the validators were sending empty blocks and you had oh. extremely high um, usage with, with, with that. And and with like OpenSea and Polygon was kind of blowing up right then. And, right. Yeah. So let's uh, jump back into your art. Uh, your your other collection, the Quantum Cognizance. Um, My fractals. Yeah, you kind of, you know, there there is some symmetry I see in it that kind of parts of it reminds me of of the previous collection. But a collection like this, do you? use like a reference point in order to create this stuff or is it kind of just out of the blue and then you manipulate it as uh, you start one piece and go on to the, the next portion of the specific piece yeah so um i use a program called chaotica uh for my fractals um, fractals are made from a bunch of you know mathematical formulas that i couldn't describe to you even if I wanted to or understood them. Um, but what Chaotica does is kind of packages them up all nice and neatly into uh, a bunch of iterators that you put in order and, you know, you apply certain weights and, and move, move them around and it creates these beautiful, beautiful fractal flames. So what I kind of do is I have a, a couple base um, fractals, I guess you could call them, like that I start from and I just go to town, you know, I just throw some like, all right, I know this uh, transform will make this look nice over here, you know, like, and I, I just kind of throw it, throw stuff at the wall and then I get something that looks nice and I create my animations. Um, well, that, that collection doesn't have animations. That one's strictly stills. And, uh, you know, then I take that into Photoshop or Lightroom to adjust uh, any colors or anything like that that I might need to to make it look better. And um, I have my fractals. I when like trippy things. So When you make an AI piece like this and, and you know, you're, you're generating stuff out of, let's say, 10 pieces that you go and you generate, how many of them do you think are throwaways? Uh, are you talking about like this collection, my my newest collection, or still the quantum cognizance, the fractals? 
just just kind of like in general like what's the frequency that um when you generate something that you throw away stuff rather than keeping it is it 50 ah uh, uh, i think it depends like so with this this new ai collection i kind of went into it with uh a lot more intent than i do um like say my fractals you know like the fractals i'm just kind of like oh let's let's move some stuff around and and generate stuff over here and see what looks nice where where is this i i went with you know i created my initial images like with the intention of what so the the fractals had a lot of throwaways like i have tons in fact that i'm looking forward to running through ai because i think those can make some really 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 interesting things um but so I, I guess it depends on on the medium. Like if I'm drawing or something like that. Like there, I have a ton of throwaway stuff. I'm drawing, uh, you know, just random doodles, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so I guess it it really depends on the medium that I'm working on. So your new project that is just released today. Um, I thought you were releasing it later in the day, but you released it earlier today. Yep. It, it's uh. It's pretty incredible. It's called Dreaming of Electronic Sheep. Thank you. Uh, chapter one. So are are you gonna have additional additional sets of this collection coming out? Yeah. So um, you know, I kind of created this little like fantasy world that sort of uh in at least in this chapter is, you know, kind of steampunk mixed with some magic, you know, regular fantasy stuff. Um, but I already have plans for chapter two i'm already working on the base images you know and that's still going to be the same kind of world but it's going to take place in more of like a cyberpunk future you know so each chapter is going to be sort of from the same story like if you if you go on all the pieces uh i wrote a little bit of lore in the descriptions for for all these current ones and it's just kind of going to be the timeline i guess of this this fantasy world so if you guys look up top in the pinned, um, that's his new project that was just released. Uh, the floor price is set at uh, 0.05 ETH, which is pretty damn low for the amount of detail. You can tell there's a lot of work that was put into this project. I, I think it's fantastic. Where, where, did, where did you come up with the name of it from? Um, Philip K. Dick. Uh, he's a sci-fi writer. Um, way before we were born um i think the 60s or 70s don't quote me on that uh, i'm terrible with dates but he wrote the book do um do android or do androids dream of electric sheep and it's it's essentially what blade runner was based off of and uh so I, it's it's kind of just like an homage to that and i just really like the name and you know i'm working with ai it's kind of like a partner you know, we're kind of collabing, I guess. Um, so I, I figured it was, uh, it worked. Like, it made sense to me, at least. So it's a 10-piece collection. Are they one-of-ones, or can you mint multiple ones of each specific? They're one-of-ones. Okay. So once they're gone, they're gone. That's it. So was there any specific inspiration behind going, like, the steampunk-type uh, route? Is it something that you enjoy or was it just something that you wanted to challenge yourself with? Because like I said, the amount of detail in this is crazy. Like I, yeah, 
it was really just um i'm just a nerd <laughs> uh i you know i grew up on rpgs um i haven't really played too much like tabletop games but back back in nes like one of the first games i owned was the og final fantasy you know i was playing that before i could read and not really you know just walking around getting killed by monsters and then super nintendo came out and i was a little bit older and I got Final Fantasy 2, which was Final Fantasy 4, and that just kind of spiraled me off into the, the whole fantasy realm, I guess you could say. Like, it was like playing a book, and uh, that's that's kind of what I'm looking to convey through this. Like, to me, these these images, they remind me of something that you would find, like, if you're, you know, when you're watching, say, like a Pixar movie or something like that, and they're describing lore in the movie and, you know, you see like the, the fancy pages and stuff turning like that's that's kind of what the art reminds me of. So, yeah, I guess I guess it's just my nerdiness. Like, I just really like fantasy stuff. It, it really does remind me of a video game or some sort of heavily animated um like graphic novel this this particular collection that you have thank you uh, yeah it's, it's just great i mean when when i saw it the other day i was like holy shit i was super impressed by it um so what made you decide that you were going to go the polygon route um I, I, you you tried tezos first right and then you switched over to polygon no no uh polygon was first so yeah, yeah so when i when i came back when i came into the space in february you know there there was no polygon wasn't around um OpenSea actually didn't even have its gas-free store yet so if you wanted to mint you were you were paying you know you were paying to mint and uh which i thought was fine because you know if you want to hang your hang your pieces in a gallery or anything like that you're spending 150 200 to frame it you know and then that gallery is also taking their cut um so so to me it made sense like i i got it but i could see why it wouldn't and then when i came back in in october OpenSea was the the gasless store like you you couldn't pay to mint on OpenSea anymore you just paid to initialize your account and that was it so to me you know, nobody knew me you know um why why would somebody want to pay that extra 100 200 dollars to buy my piece when i'm making pieces that i'm putting up for you know 30 40 dollars so I, I i went to polygon and uh i started minting on there didn't really have too many sales thought i was making a mistake and then i stumbled into beluga space um and you know we started talking uh listening to everybody in there um i created uh a polygon group chat um to kind of go like run alongside of beluga space and that filled up instantly and all of a sudden there was this beautiful community and everybody was supporting everybody like it, it was really nice and for me it was it was always just supposed to be a stepping stone for me um but any if any time in the future if i you know i have i have ideas for a generative project that would be on polygon um if i wanted to do things that 
had multiple editions, that would be on Polygon because I wouldn't sell them for a ton of money. You know, those things I would, I'm not going to sell it. 10 of 10 for a hundred dollars, you know, a piece. That's something that makes sense to be on Polygon. Like it, it really, really does suck that it just got such a bad rep because it, it's, it's, it's a really good platform. Yeah. I don't think it's going to have a bad rep for too much longer. I hope not. Just going to need a, a couple of big faces to start minting on and then it's going to blow up and people are going to see the value behind it. You know, it's, when when you're starting a new project, it why the hell would you want to have that much overhead? Like people don't even know. Like people are afraid to get into NFTs. I think a lot of times because they think that they're going to take on too much money right off the bat. And you don't have to worry about that with Polygon. Like you said earlier, you could airdrop people stuff just as a promotion. Like like Mega Retro the other day, his entire first series, he's going to airdrop to everybody. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, like it it's so affordable to do it. It just, it makes sense to me. Like I, I'm eventually going to start like minting NFTs, but if I was to do it on Ethereum and then I don't sell anything, then I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> well, not literally. It's going to be like, it's going to be such a hardship on, on whoever decides to do it. And I think it's keeping a lot of people who are kind of uncertain whether or not they want to go and jump into the space you know away from it so it also it, it creates like this weird gatekeeping aspect because like there's a ton of nice generative eth projects but you know you can't get into for under point one. you know you can't you can't like you know just check something out for for under 300 dollars now uh, after gas and everything and and they have to charge like 0.07 eth her just to just to make up for the gas that they paid to you know to put everything up to it's 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 weird and i th- i think matic polygon is really going to help introduce like a lot of new people into the scene it's just going to make and especially with communities like belugas and you know that work really hard and are really helpful and you know actually enjoy onboarding people well, myself personally, like I don't mind spending three or four hundred dollars on an NFT, but I would much rather a large majority of that to go to the artist rather than to go to gas fees. That doesn't really benefit anybody. Right. So like like I don't if, if somebody wants to charge three hundred bucks for something, I'd much rather like spend my three hundred bucks, put my little gas i know it goes into your pocket so if i really do like your stuff it gives you money and, and inspiration and the drive to go with a new project afterwards versus somebody charging 30 bucks and then i have to pay 270 dollars in gas and they get discouraged because they can't sell shit right and, and you know like I, I it sucks that more like it sucks that more collectors don't think like that um a, a lot of collectors just see see polygon and it's just like they they it's the Walmart of NFTs, you know, it's the Costco of NFTs. It's the Aldi's of NFTs. And, and it's not there. There are a ton of phenomenal artists on Polygon, um, that, that just can't mint on ETH. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of collectors are just breezing right by them because they either don't want to take the time to use a bridge and bridge their ethereum they would rather spend 120 dollars to buy 
you know, an NFT than um, spend 20 using Umbria Bridge to to bridge Ethereum to Polygon. Um, and it, I, once more collectors get on board, then then sure, like it's it's gonna it's gonna pop off. And I and I definitely do see them. But there's just so that that stigma, man. It like really it hurts. <laughs> now you said earlier that you did this dreaming of electronic sheep collection. You collaborated with somebody to do this? Oh no, no, I was saying like the AI. Oh, okay. Like, like collaborating with somebody else. Like the way I look at it is, um, you know, I I believe Soma when they were on they had, they had talked about how important like. Uh, using initial images are in your AI to get like a more cohesive piece. So like the way I look at it is like, um, say you got a crew building a house, right? Like you have, you have the architect, um, the person who designed it. Um, and then you have the crew that comes in and lays the foundation and puts up, you know, the framing and, and does the sheetrock and stuff. And then you have the other crews that come in and do all the finished work and all the detail. Like, that's the, the AI is like the, the finished crew, you know, that comes in and does the trim work and stuff like that, where I'm the, the person who builds the foundation, who, who puts the framing up, who does the sheetrock, who, you know, lays everything out. So, you know, it's, it's kind of two different entities creating, creating this art. Are you eventually going to bring your art into the metaverse? I would love to. Um, I don't have, uh vr headset unfortunately um i uh, creative has actually put up some of my stuff uh owls yep 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 um i've had some stuff in their gallery which is really really cool like that it's definitely the the wave you know it's definitely the next step um unfortunately the future could look pretty scary with everybody just chilling in vr headsets all the time but but it's definitely a really, really cool thing. Like I, I would love to have some stuff in, in more galleries. Somebody's gonna try to drive with a VR headset on, I know it. <laughs> I'm surprised nobody hasn't. It's or nobody hasn't. Um, are you gonna are you gonna attend his summit on the twenty second? I would like to actually uh, hold on. I don't know if I've seen that. Oh, Creative Alice, he's going to have a Polygon Metaverse um, artist collaboration on the 22nd. And it's going to be about, I think right now it's 120 artists total, but he's trying to fill it up to 150. And it's going to be all Polygon artists, and he's going to have it throughout the day. I think it's going to start at 2 p.m. Eastern time, and it's going to run all throughout the night. And he's going to have it on spatial, and uh, we're going to all get in there and, you know, talk to each other and share our art and do it all in the VR uh, metaverse type setup, which I think is going to be really cool. We'll get to network with each other. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I would absolutely love to. I, I tried to go in. Um, I think it was his, uh, his New Year's party. Was it his New Year's party or Christmas party? Um, but I don't know if it was just the traffic or the fact that I was trying to get in on my phone. Uh, the internet the internet connection here at my apartment is pretty rough so i do a lot of whatever i need the internet for on my cell phone um so i don't know i don't know what it was but i i couldn't get in i would actually i would like to try again maybe 
I don't, is, is there an app or is it all just browser based? Uh, you could do it on uh, your iPhone, your Android, or your computer, so or your VR headset. So there's a whole bunch of ways, but it, there was a lot of traffic on New Year's. I think he said, um, when I spoke to him the other day, I think he said he's paying more money in order to expand the size of it that he could oh. house. Okay, like get more bandwidth or whatever? Yeah, don't quote me on that, but I, I believe I, I'm in spaces all day. I might have heard that from somebody else. Hmm. I don't know, but I'm a little burnt out from spaces. I do them so so frequently. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you did how many this week? I know there was what I was. You had trip yesterday. I do um, every day, every, every day, every single day, and then I'm in other spaces like at least four hours a day. Yeah, yeah it's a lot of a lot of time. <laughs> a lot of talking. Yeah, it sure is. Um, have have you talked to any musicians to maybe um, integrate music into your work? So that is my next phase. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've seen there's a lot of AI animations and stuff like that. Um, so I I do 3D fractals as well. So th- that's what's posted on my on my Tezos stuff was my 3D fractals and you can actually do these really, really cool fly-throughs. Um, I, I have one somewhere on my page of one that I exported. It just takes took like 24 hours to render an eight-second animation. Oh, no, no, it was four-second. I just slowed it down enough to make it 32. Um, but I, like I said, I produce. So I'm going to make my own music. Uh, but yeah, that's that's I'm I'm trying to like work in phases and just build build myself up without throwing in everything all at once. And uh, yeah, that's that's honestly the next step. Yeah, I'm not very good at like the uh, visual artistic representations of things, but I'm a musician myself, so. Nice. I'm... What do you play? Uh huh. What do you play? Um, well, piano since I'm a kid, but now pretty much everything except for drums. I'm very jealous. I I play guitar and bass, uh, ukulele, a little bit of drums, and I can play piano enough that like I know scales and stuff like that. But I couldn't sit and like lay down chords with my left hand and and riff with my right or anything fancy like that. Which I guess is good that I have a computer. <laughs> yeah, my parents enrolled me in piano lessons when I was like seven, and yeah. I played all the way up until high school and then kind of stopped for a little bit. And then I got back into it in like my mid twenties and just been playing since. And so, so you trying to collab or what? Well, I, I, you know, I I need to find some people to do some music for their, their art. Yeah, I absolutely. Um, Once I get my first animation up, I would love to send it to you. You know, I, 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 it's not in my link tree. I have a couple animated fractals that you know. I just went and found some some royalty free, uh, just loops for. But you know, if I would love to use somebody that I know's work until you know, I I start producing my own for my own stuff. Maybe maybe afterwards after this, I'll I'll send you like you have stuff on SoundCloud or. Bank camp or anything like that? Uh, no, but I could I could send you whatever you need to uh, 
Yeah, I, I don't like these platforms that don't help the artist. I'm, I'm not really into anything like that. Right. I'm kind of waiting to admit my stuff. I'll, um, I, would, I would love to hear some of your jams, dude. Cool. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll figure something out, and uh, I'll send you stuff over. Um. So, do you feel like you have to push yourself to get creative enough to to start working like on a daily basis, or is this just something that you enjoy so much that once you're done with work, you can sit down and just start creating? Like, do, um, do you feel like it's a secondary job some days? Some days, um, definitely some days. But but most of the time, it's it's just something I really enjoy doing. Like, you know, it's something I can sit on the couch with my girlfriend and we can watch, you know, TV. We can, you know, sit and play with the baby um, with with the AI stuff or, or even with the fractals. There's there's a lot of render time. Um, so, you know, I have I have a lot of downtime in between. Um, and and you know i can do do other stuff and so it's it's pretty easy music was a little harder when i was doing that because i had headphones on constantly so even though we would be in the same room or whatever it was still like you know we were we were in separate spaces because she would have to throw something at me in, in order for me to even know if she's talking to me um so getting back to my roots and and getting back to regular just just art like as uh it's it's good it's it's made it a lot easier for me to just create and and you know go right to it and nfts had too you know because for a while you're just you're creating for yourself and and now i'm still creating for myself but there's there's like the added benefits you know it used to just be well i can just throw this on instagram and you know maybe i'll get a couple likes or i can show my friends and they can ogle at it and that's that's really it um but but now it's the you know I can do this and I love doing this and I could potentially make a living from this. So there there's like that added added layer of um, what's the word uh, incur not encouragement um, incentive. You know there's that added layer of incentive now and and it, it definitely just makes it easier to just sit down and create. I I treat it as a second job. You know I. I give myself deadlines. I I try to try to you know I have to put this much time in. I have to do this, but it's not like actually going to work. It's it's so much easier. I, I tend to have to kick myself in the ass sometimes. Like I have a music studio in my house on the second floor. Oh, wow. I, I could. It sometimes it's just like it takes me a month or two just to sit down in there and just start dabbling with some music mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if it's laziness or if it's just like the convenience of having it because i know like when i used to rent rehearsal spaces i would be in a rehearsal space every every day of the week and i think maybe just because it's i have to go up a staircase and it's right there i kind of like take it for granted so that's why i was wondering how you feel about like uh, do you feel like it's a job or do you have to push yourself some days because i have to push myself to get in there some days yeah, but once you get in there, it probably flows, right? Like, once I get in there, I don't want to leave. Right, exactly. I think you got ADHD too, my friend. Uh, I'm undiagnosed though, so I'm I'm not going to claim anything. Oh. <laughs> at me. So, what do you um? What's like the hardest thing that you've encountered since you got into NFTs? Breaking through the muck. <laughs> 
you know, that's, I think that's everybody's issue is, is being seen. Like you, there's, there's so many people and it's, it's just getting more and more flooded, which is good because it's, you know, that means it's becoming more, uh, widespreadly, widely adopted. Um, more people are starting to look at it. More people are starting to see it as like an opportunity, but there's a lot. And then, and then you have all the, the fake promoters and the fake shill threads. And, and as a new, you know, I, I mean, I would still consider myself new to the space. There's people that have been here since what, like 2018, 2017. Um, so I've, I've been around for, for three months now, four months. So I, I would, and I still don't know what to do. Like, you know, you got just, sifting through the nonsense sifting through the people telling you like you know don't do this because these people won't like it or like you know you shouldn't do this because collectors are going to look at it bad like breaking myself of that thought process that was like one of the hardest things to do like trying to trying to potentially please future collectors that i don't even know if i'm gonna get um i think i think that was probably the hardest like i make so much things like if i see something and i think it looks cool and i want to know how to do it i'm i'm going to learn how to do it and you know being told that like i'm not going to sell because i have too many art styles or you know so it's it's discouraging and you know, there's nothing I can do about that because that's that's who I am. Like I, I I I wouldn't trade it for the world. I you know I've learned so many different things. I've learned how to do so many things. And yeah, so just just disregarding like all this, I know better information. I think was was the hardest. When people say that the NFT market's becoming too saturated, and people look at that like um like a setback i look at it like an opportunity for other markets like like that'll just open up um you know areas for people to mint in polygon people to mint in solana people to mint in pezos right like i think because people are gonna if if there's too many people doing a specific project on ETH, you know and you think that your project could break through but there's just too many people doing it why wouldn't you try doing it on like solana or polygon I think Absolutely. Right? So I think saturation, it, it's good and it's bad. Um, I'm looking at it kind of on the, the glass half full side where I think it's going to help like marketplaces out and, uh, you know, that aren't open city. I think it's going to give people a little bit more of an opportunity to maybe shine in other places that they wouldn't be able to just on like open sea Ethereum. Oh, absolutely. Um, I've been thinking about checking out some of like the Algorand ones that are popping up because Algorand's pretty fresh. Algorand's new. And I know there's, there's uh, a couple, I think stacks is one of them. It's a, it's a more curated, like you got to get in touch. You got to show them the collection that you want to do and this and that. But um, I know a few abstract artists that did okay on ethereum and polygon and stuff but then they they moved to that and because they were some of the first ones getting on that platform and doing that style of art they've been selling out of auctions for like you know five six hundred algo 
and going from going from you know making a hundred hundred fifty dollars a piece to making you know close to a grand a piece that's a huge jump just for being early essentially if anybody has any questions for loris uh you could raise your hand and i'll bring you up or if any of you guys in the box have anything for him feel free to shout it out he has a new collection that's uh it just dropped really really badass collection if you click it it's right up in the pinned messages that we have here um it's called dreaming of electronic sheep it's the first chapter of it uh floor price is 0.05 ETH, and i mean it i think it's phenomenal uh i just love how everything is laid out and it's really like i'm gonna have to probably pick up one of these I, I have to look through them to see which one i really want but um i'm, I'm pretty sure i'm gonna buy one off you later this afternoon well later this evening thank you i really appreciate it i see soma's in here and i gotta say uh soma they were like some of my first inspiration to get into ai you know you see a lot of people they there's a lot of ai art that's just like all over the place you know it's just prompts and then you get you got a face over here you got some trees over here you got an eye poking out over here and and soma was one of the they well they were one of the first people that i saw like actually create like these beautiful and creepy and awesome like these you know cohesive pieces of art and uh, so yeah hey just uh shouting you out there What's up, Coin Country? You have a question? Yeah, thanks, Dave. Uh, thanks, Loris. Um, you mentioned it a little bit earlier on, but uh, you said you went to art school. I was just kind of curious uh, on your art background previous to your current uh, medium and creation style. Uh, sure. I So, I mean, we were talking about anime earlier here. You know, of course, I grew up on dragon ball z and adult swim and stuff like that so when i was in high school i did a lot of like anime style stuff but as i got older um i got really into portraits uh, i do like grayscale portrait work um like realism i don't really paint too much uh it's just just too much for me um i don't like the fact that i've gotta you know especially with oil paints you gotta wait for days for it to dry but yeah, so so like any dry medium, really, um, or pen and ink, uh, color pencil. I've done tattoo work, um, uh, tattoo designs. I, I the school I went to Pratt, um, but I went to its satellite campus. I'm kind of doxing myself by saying it's in Utica, but uh, sort of doxing myself. But yeah, so I I, I went to Pratt, uh, their satellite campus up in Utica um for graphic design and illustration um you know so most most traditional mediums i've tried i've played with um like i said i've been doing this my whole life this has been like the the one constant in in my life that and skateboarding <laughs> but yeah sorry. i hope i answered it yeah definitely <laughs> thank you sorry i'm drawing <laughs> so I, I just got a few more questions before we wrap it up um is 
Dreaming of Electronic Sheep Chapter 2 going to be the next collection that you're going to be working on, or do you have something in mind before you get to that? Um, Honestly, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I really want to make some people. Uh, I don't know who in here has really played with a lot of AI apart from Soma, but people are pretty hard to to make like cohesively um so i i, I really want to try my hand at, at getting that under my belt um the next chapter of this collection is going to be cityscapes so yeah i guess it i guess it really depends um i i kind of want to let this simmer a little bit before i really start working on that so so I, yeah, I don't really know. I just kind of flow with the wind. Um, what's a creative avenue that you don't think is necessarily been tapped into at the moment where NFTs could venture into outside of art? Huh. Uh, um, creative avenue? Or like you mean like creative in the sense that it hasn't been thought of? That it hasn't been thought of yet. Ooh, uh, I don't know what hasn't been thought of, you know, because you, you've got everything from like contracts, uh, you know, people ship, people could probably figure out a way to make it work for like, you know, time clocks at work. Um, anything, anything really that you need to be relatively like, um, unforgeable, anything that you want, like relative, uh, permanence and, What's the word? Club? Transparency. Um, you know, that's it's that's that's a loaded question, man. Because I feel like there's a there's a lot of things that NFTs are starting to, you know, get their fingers in. Like you you pop into a space and there's there's always that one person that hops up with like the most obscure random thing, and you're like, huh? Why didn't I think of that? Yeah, the, the craziest one that I've heard recently, which makes total sense, is authentication of cattle for auctions, like beef and yeah, like making sure you get the right cow when you're when you're going and purchasing a cow off an auction. Sounds weird, but you know what? That shit costs a lot of money, and he got rugged. That was such a loaded question right there. Rugged them right out of the room. What do you think about cows on the blockchain, Aiden? I think I think I saw a video yesterday about where a farmer put VR goggles on a cow and that cow yielded five times more milk than the other cows. It's crazy. Right. Now we're just making shit up. But dude, I will send you the video right now. I have it saved. Oh man. Yeah, so for me it was the it was cattle. Um cattle on the blockchain was kind of the craziest one that I've seen so far, but there's so much stuff. Yeah. I mean, who was it? Was it Rich or Astro that was just talking about the the VR goggles? That's completely true. They they do it on cows that live like like say like Russia or or some some area that like isn't really like you know good for cows, they they do that so that the cow 
thinks it's in a more na- like a more natural good yeah, um, on a on a grassy plane and they play him music too. Yeah. They play him like calming music and the cows freaking love it. It's it's insane. <laughs> Whatever works, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's nuts. But but the, the the cattle thing that's actually like it's a really good good idea. I mean, and horses too. Like horses are a lot a lot of money. I know I used to own a couple. They're not cheap. No, like and and especially if you get like some of these these like really really crazy you know thoroughbreds or, or say say you get you know a horse and you stud it out right and you you have this this crazy winning horse and and you're studying it out and people are coming and paying five hundred thousand dollars just to have their horse knocked up by yours. Yep. And then then you give them the NFT and that's like proof of like all right you know this this. This little filly or this, you know, little colt actually came from, you know, whatever crazy, ridiculous horse. I was like Bob Baffert when he was all crying that Medina Spirit died. It, it wasn't just the horse died; it's because he couldn't breed the thing out. Right. You know, that horse was a gold mine if he was going to start breeding it. <laughs> yeah. Or Tappet, like Tappet. We had a we had a son of Tappet here on the farm. I I have no idea how much money the people paid um, to have him you know, studded out the mare to, to tap it. But dude broke his leg, like his first race and was toast. Yeah. So it's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. But, but that's actually, that's, that's a really good utility. Yep. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up here. We're at the top of the hour. Um, I want to thank you for coming out here. Laura Emporium. I'm going to get in contact with you. Maybe we could, you could use a little bit of the music and stuff over on your stuff and we'll, we'll figure out how things are going to go. Yeah. Check out his, check, check out his new collection. It's pinned up top. It's called dreaming of electronic sheep. Really, really cool stuff. It's one of one collection. There's only 10 pieces. Um, get them before they're sold out because the detail on these, I don't think they're going to be around too long. Um, yeah, man. Thanks for stopping by and talking everybody here i really appreciate it and whenever you want to stop by you know we have these things running like pretty much seven days a week now um unless like there's something i have a commitment to do something in real life i'm in my fake life on here with uh, all these beautiful people I, i'll definitely stop by man i i appreciate you i appreciate you having me um you know this this was really good because like i said this was only my my second space i ever spoke in and uh yeah, it definitely helped to shake out some of those some of those uh, pre-show jitters, and you know, I'm I'm gonna be more 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 likely to speak in more spaces, and you know, I I owe that to you, man. So I I really appreciate it. Uh, well, thank you for coming out.